Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. As one door closes, I access new wisdom for personal growth and therefore create new opportunities. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And we are talking about a fairly heavy topic today, but, you know, as I said to Jane on the phone earlier, Jane, it's not like we're scared of heavy. <laughs> Jane goes, is that a bit heavy? I'm like, come on. <laughs> no, it's it's a topic which we absolutely have to have in our stable of episodes because it is about death, which can mean, of course, death of a loved one, and there's nobody on earth who hasn't been touched by death of somebody. But it may also have to do with just loss in any form. And grief. Jane, what do you want to say about this to to start us off today? I guess I want to go in a couple of directions. The first I want to go is to help people when there has been the death of someone or something in their life. How? What tools can we give them in that immediate time following it to help them to cope and be able to continue to function? But I also want to look at how we what we can access, what wisdom we can access from the experience that's going to take us forward to manifest a better opportunity with the same emotional needs being met. Basically, it's almost like saying how to find it again, but better yes, and different next yes, time. Yes, yes. So look, for me, probably something that was really challenging for me, not going into to death of a human, but for me was, so I'd had this you know, career for 23 years as a choreographer and entertainment producer. And I had sold, I had two companies that were with that. One was a school for training people up and the other was once they were professional for actually working within the industry. And I sold one company off when I was pregnant with my first child and then I sold the second one when she was six weeks old and I realized I didn't want it. But I was not ready. I had so much external validation coming at me from being that and having done that for so long. The fear around who am I if I if I'm not this? I know that sounds incredibly shallow, no, but, but lo- the fear was identity. very real. Loss of identity is it a was huge very real. Thing. So I hung on to one contract, and I had I ended up being at that contract for sixteen years. Now I had just won all these awards for national awards for what I had done with this contract, and I got fired. Now, in that moment, I was gobsmacked I couldn't believe that they would do that I look back now and think how could they have not fired me oh my god (laughs) I was self-sabotaging all over the place because I was too scared to end something that I had done for so long that I didn't know how to end it and I didn't know how to be me without having that that identity and so the wisdom that came through was so much so rich so deep and thank God it happened because I think if it didn't, I'd probably still be there and I would have missed out on so many amazing opportunities in life. But initially, how do we help people to get through the trauma when something is yanked away from them? Right. Whether it's a loved one, whether it's a, mm-hmm. a work opportunity, whether it's a friendship. Because if, if you go back and listen to the episode where we brought in special guest Christina Dreiser, who is a, an international expert in rhythms, cycles and patterns, you have to understand that everything in this world is always coming and going. It's it's nature. You know, nothing is ever going to be exactly the same all the time. And that means there will be many phases in your life that that where things were 
usually like really amazing and then they end or or they were just a certain familiar comfortable way and then they end because something happens or something changes or something comes out of the blue and it might not have been initiated from you it could have been someone close to you or whatever for some people it's a natural disaster a tidal wave sweeps through their house you know whatever it is and all of a sudden you find yourself in this totally foreign unknown gray area that you never expected to find yourself in you don't know quite what to do how to survive what the tools are what to think say see or this is often when people come to a psychic to be honest is when they've had a lot of change and with change comes so many emotions fear grief loss of identity loss of love or perceived loss of love because you never lose love but it's very hard to believe that when you're feeling pain in your body and when you have had love with, particularly with when we're talking about death or grief or loss of a relationship or a loved one, and that person disappears overnight, the physical ramifications that are playing out chemically and emotionally and physically in the body, studies show, are exactly the same as somebody coming off a heroin addiction. Wow. So you are actually, like you only hear about people who are heartbroken, they're in physical pain they can't get out of bed they get depressed they feel pains they curl up they cry all the time look at look at somebody who's coming off heroin they're in a ball wow. they're, they're they're sweating they're struggling they can't think properly they can't eat properly so the the body knows no difference between these because because what is heroin heroin is a an addiction to a very high feeling of let's say love, but it's sort of like a substitute Euphoric for kind of feeling. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's a comfort blanket, which has then been ripped away if somebody goes into heroin withdrawal. And in love, if your significant other passes or disappears or whatever happens, exactly the same thing happens where you come to rely on a steady drip feed of love all the time from this other individual and when that drip feed is suddenly removed, you go into intense craving withdrawals for that love tap that you've, that's been filling up wow. the love tank. And look at the lessons here. Look at the lessons. It's all about learning to fill your own love tank. Where does love come from? How can you find it, cultivate it, hold it, not lose it, so to speak? Because love is never lost, is it, Jane? Never. Absolutely never. It's almost about, it's also like, Trying to identify what is it that this person or this opportunity, what was it giving me? What was it that I was feeling? Because we feel different things with different people. So we can love many different people at the same time just as deeply, but we get a different thing from each person. So if you can label it as what is it that you're getting, then how else can you give that to yourself? Yes. But that's kind of the lessons getting forward. I wanted to kind of give some tips first off about in those moments, how can you get out of bed? In the withdrawal moments. In the withdrawal. How yeah. can you yeah. function and not self-sabotage everything else that's in your life? Because traditionally, well, I like the exercise, the pie graph exercise, where if you draw a circle and you can split your life up into whatever sections you want. But let's give an example of you can have relationships a relationship with, you know, a significant other. You can have family. You can have friends. You can have self, which could be self-development or spirituality. You can have career. 
and you can have many other things, but let's use those five as an example. And then you draw your pie graph into, split it into what percentage are you getting your love bucket filled up from? And often what we see with complete overwhelmed, I'm incapable of functioning and moving forward when something has ended is because that pie graph has got incredibly out of balance. Yeah. And so, you know, that's where you meet somebody who, um, they've got two areas in their life. They've got their marriage and they've got their career and one goes. Right. And now you're really struggling. So you throw yourself a hundred percent into the career and now the career, something happens in that career that makes you wobbly. It doesn't have to end, just makes you wobbly. You're incapable and you can absolutely self sabotage that till you've got nothing. Yeah, it's like I've had people come to me for readings who've worked for the same company since they were 17 and they're 56 now and they just got made redundant and they are reeling. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's like, you know, dude, the universe, I know this is harsh, but do you think maybe, a bit like the, the example James shared well, it was 23 today, years, right. you know, it was ridiculous do, to do something for that do long. Do you think maybe the universe has decided to push you into a new comfort, out of your comfort zone, into a new zone so that you can grow and learn a bit more about yourself. Yes, absolutely, without any doubt at all. I mean, what I learned about myself was extraordinary, so much that I could fill 10 podcasts so I won't bore everyone with it. In fact, actually, I think we put something on Facebook this, this last, well, oh, it was a few weeks ago now, that was a little circle that said comfort zone and then there was over to the right-hand side and up higher was a great big circle that said where the magic happens. Yeah. And it's like you've got to get out of your comfort zone to create the magic. And we have all those beautiful, uplifting, motivational sayings of, you know, if you want to have something different, to, to expect something different by doing the same thing all the time, right. you know, is, is the definition of insanity. Or, um, However, in that initial moment of despair, I want you to look, if you can, pull yourself together enough to look at your pie graph and think, I've got other areas that have become too small in my life. So perhaps I haven't been spending enough time with my friends or perhaps I haven't been spending enough time on my self-development or I haven't been spending enough time on my career on or myself. whatever it is. Yeah. And you need to expand those up. So in the early stages, like the self, yes, that they may not be ready to reflect internal yeah. yet because they're in withdrawal. Yeah. So during withdrawal, you've got to balance your pie out. So look at the areas that have gone, that are going well in your life and expand the amount of time that you spend in that. Now, this is where I'm a fan of busy, busy, busy. Now, we know that getting busy is a numb out, but it works. It's why that, you know, I have clients that come to me and they are workaholics. They've got no work-life balance because their relationship ended. It works to get busy with things that you know work. So get yeah. busy. My mother um, was married to a man in America in the 60s. She was um, 28. He was 25 when he got to Vietnam and eight weeks in was killed in a tank. So she was widowed at 28 years old and was, as you can imagine, completely inconsolable because here she is on the cusp of her whole life and she just felt like it was all over. She'd met her one, he died, where did she go from there? Wow. And she moved back in with her parents, went home, and she said to me, the one thing I did was I kept really busy. I just worked really hard. I just said yes to every invitation. Yes. It, and you know what? You as, numb out. It's actually it's said, numbing out in a, a healthier term, way. It's a short-term tool that you use 
consciously. You know why you're doing it because you just don't want to be sitting around wallowing and not being able to Yeah, get but it works. So I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a really positive thing. Yeah. So get busy and try and chunk up the areas of your life that are working for you. If you've got a beautiful hobby, well, you know what? Go blow some more money on it and spend some more time on it. Right. If you've got gorgeous friends, tell them, I need you. I need to see you more than once a month. I need to see you weekly right yeah. now. Yeah. Whatever it is, get busy with this and chunking up the areas that are going well. Really, uh, and that's what you do. You feel like you're marking time. You're not going anywhere. You're just getting up in the morning and you're surviving. But the reality is, is that you are healing through this. You are getting over the shock. So as Beck said, your body is actually in a physical shock condition. Yeah. So you need to give yourself time to be moving through that yeah. before you can get to the juicy bit, which you're next dying to get well, to. No, now. I'm just going to stay with the shock at the minute because it's, um, God, it, it's like I, I'd actually go so far as to just suggest the more traumatised you are by a loss, the deeper the signal is that there is some area of your life which is perhaps not as bolstered or strong as it could be because if something has absolutely levelled you, I would suggest it's an indicator that some work needs to be done somewhere, that you can be pushed over that. Now, I know death, death is massive. It is massive. Um, but even so, different people experience death in really different ways and not everyone falls apart, you know. And I do believe that the more spiritual you are, the easier it is. And, you know, even years ago when all four of my grandparents died, I actually didn't shed a tear and nobody could understand it. To this day, my mother will have a go at me about that. And I'm just like, do you know what? They all lived long lives. They had a good innings. They had lovely lives. They lived till they were old. They all passed relatively peacefully. Why is that something to be depressed about? I mean, well, how I, did you overcome the fact that you couldn't physically hug them? Okay, so this this is a good point that we need to talk about because I had someone actually write to me on this topic and say, can you talk about this on the show? She said, because my mother has just died and she said she's very spiritual and she understands that energy moves on and all that kind of thing, but she said, I just still crave that connection. Yeah, yeah. And that's where the grief is, the missing, the yearning, the loss is, that you actually, it is perfectly valid to just miss someone, isn't exactly. it? Even if you're psychic and you can channel them, it's not the same sitting next to them on Christmas Day. It's not, that's right. I actually found it very comforting. I was very close with my beautiful grandma and when she passed, of course, like everybody, I was, I was, I missed her so much. But I actually had comfort in my tears. Now I know you didn't cry, but I'm going to say for me, I actually felt it good. It felt good. It felt like I want to miss her. I'm honouring her. Yeah. And so it became a bit of a ritual that I would have these tears, but then I would have a laugh. It kind of, the tears somehow in my body are very closely to linked to giggling. Yeah. So the tears come, but then the giggle comes. And there were the crazy, silly memories, you know, of how, you know, when I was little, she would always let me have a chocolate donut for before I had to eat my main course, all the things that grandmas are allowed to do. Yeah. And so I would celebrate the silliness of our relationship, how I'd always, she'd let me pick the movie to watch on a Saturday night when I was staying there and, and I would always pick the one that went the longest so that I could stay up the longest and putting rollers and playing hairdressers with her, all those gorgeous memories. So part of it is start with the tears of the sadness and see if you find 
that the see the tears tears allegedly and not a doctor as you know but tears allegedly release an endorphin in our body that is more powerful than morphine that's right so therefore withholding i'm not saying you were withholding no. you had no need to this is not about you I'm this gonna... is about people that perhaps are trying to keep it together and sometimes our society we believe that keeping it together means not crying and i go crap mm. keeping it together means crying let's get it out let's mm. do it so let the tears come but then let as that beautiful endorphin floods your body from the tears that heals and softens and takes away some of the sting and the pain then you can get into the memories and the giggling and then of course the next thing that we're going to say to all of our beautiful love life listeners is have your wits about you because right now is the time that these people can actually be with you more in this lifetime than they ever could be when they were on the physical plane you had time and space as as a barrier between you if you weren't physically in the same room you weren't together that no longer exists so now you've got to get very attuned to signs and no more writing it off as coincidence if you wake up at three in the morning and you have smelt lavender and that's what your grandma used to have in her house or in a toilet or whatever there she is and just feel the energy and feel the love of the connection it's a different type of hug if you find yourself walking through a supermarket and you have and you suddenly see a brand that she used to buy and you haven't actually seen that brand in years well how come that's suddenly been drawn to you because she's just tapped you on the shoulder and gone have a look at that yeah you've got to get really open-minded about the way the other side can communicate with you now. Mm. You'll be very open and receptive and receive it and feel it and you'll just bubble up with joy. Mm. Might be the tears still, but they're going to be very closely followed by joy. I, I feel like we're jumping around so because uh, I still want to go back. Okay, sorry. Because <laughs> we're in joy now, but wait a minute, back to shock. Because um, I wanted to temper what I said earlier about, okay, so I've had one experience with a lot of death where I didn't cry and I was fine with that. It was a spiritual acceptance yeah but i have had another experience with grief where i couldn't get out of bed and i have been at that end of the spectrum where the pain is so complete you actually do feel it in your limbs you actually hunch over and shake and you can't eat or function now do you know what the advice is for when you are in that point of your life sleep Hey, that's a good one. That's what I do. Sleep. I sleep. Yes. I sleep I my way through that. it. Sleep therapy. Sleep. I sleep my way through it. Sleep therapy, we've talked about on the show before, is fantastic. And they do use it with people coming off drugs. So oh. that they just sleep through all of the, a lot of the, it's just a, it's a, it's a drug free way of just zoning out. Yeah, absolutely. No, I sleep. sleep my way through And it there always. have been times in traumas in my life when I've gone to bed at four o'clock in the afternoon mm. because I didn't want to face the day. I couldn't mm -hmm. face it. Um, but what I really want to say is, and it's interesting because I've got a girlfriend going through this right now, um, when life pre pre presents searing, burning, agonizing, emotional pain, sit in it, go right into it, put the lemon juice in it, you know, and absolutely feel it. Breathe it in. Breathe it right in. Go right into the epicenter of the pain and absolutely allow it because that is the only the only way to the other side is through. Can't go around it, can't go under it, can't numb it out, can't avoid it. 
forever, you've got to go through it to heal properly. It's like a wound or a scab. If you don't want the scar, if you don't want to hold grief in your body for decades because you're not dealing with it properly, it's going to go in your lungs, you're going to get illnesses, all kinds of stuff's going to happen, okay? When the emotion presents, stop what you're doing and honour the emotion. If that means you have to cry while you're driving or like I used to do, cry while I was making the dinner with the kids around me or you just cry whenever you need to cry, you just do it. And you know what? People are incredibly understanding. If you're out and you need to leave, you leave. People understand. And I've, I had that happen on Saturday. A person I was with right in the middle of a very expensive music festival that she paid $170 to be at, four hours in, she said, I've got to go. I can't bear it. I'm so disconnected from reality right now. She said, I cannot be in this energy. I have to go home and be with my dogs. And she left. And I said, that's absolutely fine. Beautiful. Go. Beautiful. And so the flip side of this too is to be the good friend and enable that. Yeah. You know, if when you others know are in someone, trauma, let them, let them do what they've got to do yes, to get through what they've got to get through. through. That's right. Because you've got to be very, very gentle with yourself. And if that means that you need to take days off work and cry, that's fine. It might feel like forever when you're in it. This will not be forever. It can last a long time. Jane talks about when marriages broke up, you need a month. What is it for every year you were together? You yes. need a month of recovery. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a, a rough rule. Yeah. It seems to work for you know, many people. You know, if you've gone and lost a child, it might take years for that burn to really release back into a little bit more of a neutral space and into the space Jane talks about where then you start to give them a smile and have the memory, the beautiful memories. However, it is such a cliche when people say time heals, but it's true. It absolutely is time true. Time is what heals. You might feel like this is never going to get any better. You might feel the worst and the lowest you've ever been in your entire life, but this too shall pass because time is always moving and things are always changing. And with every second that you keep allowing and accepting what you are experiencing, you're passing through it. You're passing through it. You're passing through it. You're doing the work. You're healing. You're learning and evolving. And one thing that we always learn when loss happens is gratitude in the sense that, you know, when you, you go like, it's like when you get a cold and you go, oh, all those days I woke up in the morning and just breathed normally, I took those for granted. It's when you can't breathe normally. Exactly. Yes. Yes. You, and then so if you lose a loved one, if you lose a house, if you lose a business, if you lose an experience, all of a sudden you're like, yesterday I took all that for granted. Today I'm like, wow, take Every moment is so profoundly precious. Take every second you have with someone like it could be your their last, your last. You just don't know. Is that whole thing like don't fight and go to bed, don't don't leave on angry words. I know a girl who told her up who told her father she hated him in an argument, and he went and died that night. I have a beautiful friend whose husband argued on Christmas Day with with his wife and three children, stormed out of the house on a push bike, didn't come. And, you know, you hear these stories. I know, but, you know, there's lessons in all of that too that we can go through. All sorts of spiritual lessons there. But life is also about believing that the default is joy. And I kind of like that. Like I don't want us to also go fear, 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 but it is good to be reminded it's of all of that as fear, well. Fear, though. It's, oh, no, but, okay. you know, a fear of, oh, I, oh, I, right, I right, must, right. you know, somebody miss Pollyanna because yeah. what if something happened, you know. We yeah. want to have some balls about it as well. Right. Um, but it is also, well, one of my little favorite exercises, and we've done this in other podcasts in totally unrelated situations where 
whether it is a person or an experience or an opportunity that you've lost, try and label the three emotions that that opportunity gave you or that person that you loved the most in that person. What were the three qualities? And whatever they are is why you were in that job, in that house, with that friend, in that relationship. And because that was the, that was the good stuff you were getting. So as you can label those three things, then the next thing is, what is it that you can do to make sure you've got more of those three things in your life? And as you expand that, the energy bucket that is empty of that from the missed opportunity is now being replaced by a new opportunity. Does right. that make sense? It really does. A very mumble-jumble way because I'm trying to relate it to a job and relate it to a possession and yeah. relate it to a friendship and right. relate it to someone who's died. But the same exercise can be applied to all three. Right, right. I mean, I really do have sympathy for those of you that might be going through this right now, which is it's an almost irrational um it's, it's, you know, like uh, connection or tug or, or yearning or burning off, I call it sometimes. For example, in a relationship, if you've met someone that you were very karmically destined to meet it, and, and it's burnt out, it's been high chemistry, high electricity, big exchange of soul lessons, really magnetise, like magnetism between the two of you, what's done is done. You were never meant to be with them forever. They were a soul that stepped in so you could have a lesson and they've moved on. And you might be spiritual enough to even to understand the lesson, but it still doesn't mean that your body still can't, doesn't, is still sorting out the incredible, what I call burn off of those deep, intense love vibrations, which are mind blowing. And I mean, this is why love is the most powerful force in the universe. It can level people. It can stop you in your tracks. It can make you not get out of bed when it disappears, so to speak, disappears. Love is so powerful. And there is a burning off process that you have to acknowledge that happens when the source, the, the perceived source or provider of said love is no longer physically next to you. Um, or you're not getting the texts or the calls or the, or the, however the love was being connected to you through that cord, that drip feed that I talked about before. That can also be happening within other things too. That can be happening with a with a career. Yes, it can be. You know, it's like your arm's been cut off. It's like I always get up and I do this. This is what I do. Now I don't know what I'm doing. It's an identity crisis yeah, yeah. at the deepest level. Yeah. And there, there often does need to be a lot of time spent just marinating it, understanding it, wrapping your head around it, processing it. You know, I spoke to a couple who were on the flight that crashed on Christmas Day in Burma a couple of years ago. They were some of the only Australians on board. They got off this plane. This plane basically ignited. It was it went up in smoke. A lot of people died. They got out. It was chaos. They landed in a forest in the middle of bloody nowhere, right? She told me that there was a point where she turned around and she walked back over and she stared at the burning craft and she said to herself, look at this, look at this, you need to take this in because it was wow. so crazy what had just happened out of nowhere, so fast, so quickly. She said, if you don't really understand what's just happened here, you will not be able to move on and, and kind of cope with what's about to come. So she wanted to force herself to realise that the intensity of the now moment of the experience. That is incredible. And I just want to talk to our empaths about this because when we see, and we have talked about this with uh, when we've talked about disasters, how to cope with disasters, 
But when I see, you know, with tsunami um, bombings, um, Twin Towers, Bali, these horrible traumas, I will go in on the energy deliberately and I want to go straight in and I want to get it and I want to understand what's happening and what everyone is feeling and then I get straight out of it. So you get the wisdom, you get the emotion, you connect, but then get straight out of it. You don't need to stay in it. Right. That's so I love that what she's done. I love that you do have to get it. You have You've to get gotta it. get it. And that's but why you I'm... don't have to stay there because some people get stuck there and that then becomes the victim story. Now and this is the last thing I want to leave you with today. If you had, for example, years ago I saw this on Dr. Phil and I've never seen it so perfectly illustrated. There was a woman who had lost a daughter. She'd lost the daughter many, many, many years ago and this woman was still absolutely trapped in grief and pain. She had not been able to move on from that point. And Dr. Phil said to her, your daughter lived, I forget how many years, say 14 years of joy, sparkling, vivacity, beautiful child, and and you've chosen to remember her through her death? It's like every day you get up and you're grieving and you're crying and you're feeling terrible about it. Wow. And he said, why don't you get up in the morning and celebrate her amazingness rather than – it's almost like pulling her down with your depressiveness. And this woman just looked at him and she said, I've never thought of it that way before. And in that moment she had her shift and she realised she'd rather not grieve for the person that was, she'd rather celebrate the person that was, and it was a big mental shift. It's, wow. it's all about perspective and about freeing yourself from imprisoning yourself with your own beliefs and your own mind. Within reason, everyone needs to have their grief period. Have your wound, lick your wounds, sit in the pain, cry as much and as long as you need to cry. Get therapy if you need to have therapy, okay? But there will come a time when it will start to lessen and lighten and lessen and lighten and slowly but surely it might be three days before you cry or a week before you cry. Maybe it'll be months and then you'll do a cry but then six months will pass before you need another cry. And that's how you know that you're healthily moving up and out. If you are not doing that, please seek the help of a really good emotional doctor who can work with you on understanding what it is that you're actually in pain about because I actually guarantee it might not even be that person. It might be a misplaced pain or grief connected to something deeper in you that is not healed. As one door closes, I access new wisdom for personal growth and therefore create new opportunities. Thank you so much for joining us for this very important and sensitive topic today. If you'd like to find us on Facebook, it is facebook.com forward slash love life show. And if you scroll down on the left-hand side there, you can sign up for Jane and my newsletter where we can let you know about courses and all kinds of exciting speaking events and things that we have coming up in 2015. Um, and, and I guess until this time next week, I want you to be very, very gentle with yourself. Grieve, love yourself, and just be happy as much as possible. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening.